Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome, the church in the balcony. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. We've come to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, study His Word, know what it means to please Him, and uh, I believe He's coming back soon, so I want to be ready so that when He comes back, I won't be caught unaware. Um, I, I went to the dentist um, the other day, ended up being in a commercial for him. So uh, how, how's that work out? So uh, if you happen to see me sitting in a dental chair bragging on that dentist, I told him, I said, you ought to, you know, knock $100 off my bill or something next time. And uh, so, yeah, I went down there, and, and they just was asked me if I'd do it, and I said, sure, I'll do it. So um, uh, we, we've had an interesting week. Uh, but so glad to have everybody in the house, glad that you made it through your week. Aren't you glad the Lord saw you through this week and allowed you to be here today? Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles tonight or today, I want you to turn with me, and uh, we're going to look in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. We're going to talk about uh, the parable of the banquet. Um, I'm glad that we can look in the word of the Lord. Jesus gave us all sorts of information that we can take and apply to our life, whether it's a parable or whether it's some uh, reality that he was trying to give to us. But the parables are things that are uh, kind of um, examples, uh, a comparison of a natural thing to a spiritual thing. So when you say it's a parable, you're talking about one thing, but you're really implying something spiritual. So in chapter 22, of verse, we'll begin at verse number 1 in the book of Matthew. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Everybody say they wouldn't come. They wouldn't come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all the things are ready, coming to the marriage. And everybody say, But they made light of it. They made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. And verse 8 is where I want to stop at. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which are bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore, and let's just go to verse 9. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So we want to talk about the parable of the banquet. Talking about an invitation, but a refusal. And an invitation, and they made light of it. Doesn't that sound like our world today? 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We ask that you would bless us today as we study your word, Lord, that you will bless us to be able to expound it fully, rightly divide the word of truth, and, Lord, that we will all leave this place knowing how to please you. And when we hear the invitation, we will not refuse it. We will not make light of it. We will not make light of anything that is is of your word. And, Lord, we will take it serious as we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. And you may be seated. When you look at the parable of this banquet, uh, it was a certain uh, king, and uh, we find that this, um, this wedding that was happening, uh, of course, refers to the church. And it refers to those that are called to be servants of the Lord. And we find that when the call was given, that some just says, no, I'm not going to come. Have you ever had a, a dinner that you fixed and you invited family and friends and, and uh, they didn't come? They turned you down. They just said, no, I, I, you know, I'm busy that day or I've got something going on and, and they, they didn't come. Well, you know, the invitation here is referring to the invitation to all people to come unto the Lord, to give your life to Jesus. And there are many today who are going to simply say, no, I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to serve the Lord. It's a sad state of mind to be in when you're in a state of mind that you don't value your own life, much less the lives of others. Just recently, we had a shooting and many killed. And even last night, there was a club that had uh, some things happen. But uh, in, in this uh, one that I'm talking about, there was, there was 18 people killed and so many wounded. And it, this guy had uh, not only mental problems, but uh, he had even uh, been, uh, I guess, looked at as saying, uh, you know, you need to come check in or you need to be taken care of. And uh, he refused. He, he kind of just made his own way of treatment. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people said, no, I, I'll do my own self. I'll take care of my own self. Um, but looking at this invitation, uh, we see that there was something that could have changed in these people's lives. There's something that could have changed not only in this young man's life, but also in the life of those that he killed if he had just went to the place to get help. You see, the church is always the place to get help. Whether it's a mental situation, a physical situation, emotional, it doesn't matter, financial uh, there's always a way that we can get what we have need of simply by coming to church. We find that if this man had uh, went to church instead of on the rampage, who knows? The Lord can change us. We, we sometimes think the Lord can only do certain things. We think the Lord can only do the little things. But I believe the Lord can take care of emotional problems. I believe he can take care of mental problems. I believe he can take care of physical problems. I believe the Lord can do all things. And it is up to us to trust the Lord. 
If we turn to the world for our answers before we turn to the Lord, we may never get our healing. Because we read in the Old Testament, there was a king. He was diseased in his feet. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't, you know, seek after the Lord and all that. And he died because he sought after other means. Now, I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. And I'm uh, not by any means saying uh, refuse the doctor's uh, suggestions or treatments. But I am saying the first and foremost thing that all of us need to do is go to the Lord in prayer. The Lord is our help. The Lord is our hope. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is everything we need. I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this because I want you to know that when the call was given to this young man, he just simply said or to them that they would not come. No, I'm not going to church. I don't want to serve Jesus. I don't want to change my life. This is the world we're living in. It is a call, and even in reference to uh, Israel, Israel was God's chosen people. We see that Israel is in a battle right now. They're in a battle because of what happened with Abraham. They're in a battle. you got to read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. They're in a battle because of what happened with Abraham. And now we see that everything is going in the trouble on the left side, trouble on the right side, trouble to the north and trouble to the south. Now, to me, north, south, east, and west means you're surrounded. And the Bible says that when you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, then look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. I believe we better start looking for the coming of the Lord. I believe we better get serious. I believe it's time to start reading our Bible and praying and getting ready. You can't wait and say, I'm going to wait till the mark of the beast comes and then I'll get serious. If you can't serve God now, you're not going to serve God when they're threatening to kill you or take you out. Your heart will get hardened. You will find yourself getting so hardened because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. You see, if we're not careful what happens, happens is we keep rejecting the Lord and rejecting the Lord and we don't want to serve him and we keep saying I'm going to wait I'm going to wait and the next thing you know your heart is so hardened that you don't even want to serve the Lord and most of all you can't just come to the Lord anytime you want to he has to draw you we find something very interesting with this parable that these people that were bidden just simply said no we're not coming to this wedding. Again, he sent other servants, telling them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. Started even giving the menu. Oxen and fatlings, given the menu. They're killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. And this time, instead of just rejecting, they made light of it, which means they made fun of it. Now, I want to tell you something. People's going to make fun of you for what you do biblically and how you live spiritually. People's going to make fun of you. If you're thinking for a moment that because you're serving the Lord, everybody's going to love you because of your personality, everybody's going to like you, wake up. That's not what the Bible says is going to happen to the church. 
The church is going to be hated of all men for his name's sake. So this all this popularity, if that's what you're after, I'm going to tell you something. Popularity is going to get you a one-way ticket to hell. Churches that says, oh, we got to be popular. We got to have people come. I'm all for people coming. I'm all for people coming to church. I wish every pew was filled from side to side, front to back. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to compromise the word of God just so we can have a gathering. People talk and they say, oh, well, yeah, you, you, you don't believe in this and you don't believe in that. And, 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 you know, you can't do this and you can't do that if we come to your church. Big deal. What are you going to talk to the Lord about? What are you going to do when the Lord looks at you and says, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Oh, it ain't going to be little brother Richard with his, uh, you know, limited knowledge of trying to tell you what to do to be saved. The Lord's going to look at you and say, You shouldn't have went there, and you shouldn't have done that, and you shouldn't have been a part of that. And when the Lord says it, there ain't no begging on judgment day. There ain't no trying to get in on judgment day uh, that, uh, you know, no wonder there's so much weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in hell because people realize the mistake they made. They didn't do what Jesus said. Jesus bids us to come. Come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We find that if we're not willing to come to the call and to the marriage, and if we're not willing to be serious instead of making light of it, I've had people make fun of me for the way I believe. They say that I, I, I'm crazy for what I stand for and you don't have to do all this. I'd rather, and, and preachers have told me this from day one, I'd rather do it and not need it than to need it and not do it. Amen? Come on, church. I'd rather do it and not need it. We can get complacent and say, well, I don't think you have to do that. Well, what's it going to hurt if you do? If somebody looks at you and says, ladies, I want you to, uh, you know, have your sleeves a certain length, what's it hurt? What's it hurt? What's it hurt if, if somebody says, get your neckline up to your neck? What's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt if, if you begin to tell people things and they say, I don't believe you have to do that. Well, what's it going to hurt if you do? I'd rather go to the wedding at the call of the Lord. I'd rather uh, be serious and not make light of what's happening as these folks did because the world we're living in makes light of Christianity. Did you know that that... You, you think of Hamas. Everybody say Hamas. Everybody say, uh, you know, uh, Hezbollah. Uh, you know that none of them people like you. You know you're on the target. I don't know if you know that or not. You are targeted. Hamas hates you. They hate Christianity. They don't just hate the Jews. They hate Christians. And if we think that our open border at the south letting everything out of the sun come in, that we ain't going to have an uprising on local levels, it's coming. It's coming. Why are you saying stuff like that? You're trying to scare me, preacher, into serving the Lord? No. I'm going to tell you if the Lord calls you, you better heed the call. I'm going to tell you something. 
If I can scare you into it, somebody else can scare you out of it. you got to have an experience, a relationship with the Lord. But these people that were, uh, you know, bid to the marriage, they didn't come. And the second group made light of it and went their ways. Uh, they said, you know, i got to go to the farm. I got land. I got to go check this. I got, a, I got too much to do. Don't that sound like our world today? It sounds exactly like our world. We're so busy that we can't even come to church and, and, and one day a week or two days a week because we're just too busy. Oh, blessed quietness. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're too busy to come to church and you got the opportunity to come to church, I'm going to tell you, you're like this second group that's making light of the call of God on your life. I don't want to make light of it. I want to be here. Yeah, I've got, I've got a little cabin in the corner of Tennessee. But you know what? I ain't going down there to miss church. I ain't going down there to mow grass and check on it and get everything ready and winterize and miss church. Right? You know why? Because that is nothing. That's just something that the Lord blessed us with. It is nothing. My salvation is everything. How I serve the Lord is everything. Here he, they made light of it. They went their ways. One to his farm. Another to what? His merchandise. His stuff. I've got too much stuff. I, I got to go check it out. I, I, I'm, I, don't, I ain't got time for church because, you know, on Sundays, that's my only day off of work. So I like to go uh, and do this and that and, and the other. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with fishing, nothing wrong with hunting, nothing wrong with having four-wheelers or anything else. But don't do it when church time is. Right? Come to church and then you got the rest of the day. Right? Used to be... We had church on Wednesday night. We had church on Saturday night. We had church on Sunday morning. We had church on Sunday night. And they wasn't none of this. Well, you know, after, after church, I'm going to go and take off and do this. That. No, i got to be back for choir practice, be back for church. I've got to come back for service. Well, COVID kind of busted all that up, and, and now people says, well, you know what? I just really ain't got time to come to church now, even though we're just having church on Wednesdays and Sundays. I wish I had a little help in this house that really believed what I was saying. We're making light of the things of God, the calling of God on our life. We're making light of it when we don't want to gather in his house and worship him. We're making light of it when we sit on pews and refuse to praise him. We're making light of it when we know that the Lord has been so good to us. They went their ways, one to his farm, the other to his merchandise and the remnant took, their, took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. That's, that means they beat them, they killed them, they slaughtered them. And we see that this made the king, and the Bible calls it wroth, which means mad. It wasn't just upset. He wasn't a little perturbed. He wanted revenge. Right? Right? 
Now, some people's looking at Israel right now and say, they shouldn't bomb Hamas. We got stupid, I mean, we got people in our universities that are out there holding up support for the slaughter of babies with their head cut off. And moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, old people that couldn't fight off the flu, much less Hamas. And they're supporting it. Oh, yeah, we're, we're supporting it. You know what? At least there's some people's got some sense. Some of these people that's putting millions in our institutions are starting to pull it back out. One of these days... One of these days, some institution's going to realize maybe I ought to be investing that in the church that tells the truth, that tells what the Word says, that's willing to give the Word to people. I don't know about you, but I know we're living in trouble sometimes, but I'm not going to dwell on that because we know that. But I will say this, if we're not careful, we'll get so wrapped up that we won't want to come to church. We ain't got time to come to church. There's just too much going on. I've had people say, well, you know, my kid had, had uh, homework, so they had to stay home Wednesday from youth service. I'm going to tell you something. My kid never stayed home to do homework. My grandkids never stayed home to do homework. And when you do that, you're making light of what God's called you to do. I don't want to make light of what God's called me to do. This is serious business. The king got so mad that he was wroth. He was mad. And, and people say today, Israel should not be bombing Hamas. I'll tell you what Hamas did. They come into Israel and killed, you know, I don't know, 1,600 or more slaughtered. Just, just teens, um, old people, babies, and slaughtered them. And we want Israel... We want to tell Netanyahu, our president, so that he wants them to not attack Hamas, hold back. Let some terrorists come in and wipe the Biden family out and see what happens. Oh, the FBI, the CIA, the every local sheriff, and everybody would be after them. That's true. We got to get back to believe, believing that the things of God are important. I've, I've, I've been in church a long time. I started serving the Lord in 1981. January the 18th, I gave my life to Jesus. I haven't looked back. I've kept going forward. I sat 16 years under a pastor learning how to minister, learning how to do things. And then 26 years I've been pastor of this church. Three years I've been pastoring at Pikeful. I'm going to tell you something. I haven't looked at what's going on in the world and say it's more important than the work of God. If anything, I've overloaded myself just so I could do more for the kingdom. No wonder Paul said... No wonder Paul said, I, I will be spent and I will gladly spend and be spent for the work of God, which means he's going to give his all. He's going to exhaust himself. He's going to give his all. You know, no wonder Jesus said that, you know, the foxes have holes and the fowls of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not. 
to lay his head. You know why? We ain't got time to sleep. We ain't got time to lay down. We've got to get, be about our Father's business. We've got to be prepared. We've got to know that the end time is here. We've got to know that if we don't do what the Lord says when he calls us, there's coming a day when the king is going to loose his wrath. Oh, we look at Jesus as the lamb. Yes, he is. We look at Jesus as the lion. Yes, he is. But we also know that Jesus is not the meek and lowly Jew that laid down his life on a cross for you and me. He's going to come back with vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. So I want to be serious about it. I want to be dedicated I want to make sure I'm doing what I should do because he said this. The king heard what went on. The ones that didn't want to come. The ones that made light of it. The ones that had stuff and land and all this stuff they had to go see. And then the next thing you know he says this. He sent forth his armies. Everybody say armies. Don't you dare as a child of God ever tell Israel what to do. Don't you ever look at your neighbor and say, I don't think Israel will be doing that. You better be on Israel's side. That's right. Better be on Israel's side because in the last days, uh, everything ain't going to happen in America. And when you start seeing these things happen across the water, you better start looking up and get serious. I'm serious about serving Jesus. When I get in the pulpit, I'll laugh and cut up with you all day long outside the pulpit. I'll make jokes with you and laugh and we'll cut up and we'll ha <laughs> But when I get in the pulpit, I'm serious. You know why? Because words that are said from this sacred desk is, has impact upon individuals, whether they're saved, unsaved, whether they got the Holy Ghost or don't have the Holy Ghost. We have got to be serious. And we find that this is very important because the king got wroth and he sent forth his armies. And what did he do? He destroyed those murderers. You know what Israel has said? You know what Netanyahu has said? We will not stop until Hamas is eliminated. I stand with that statement. You ought to read your Bible. You ought to read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. Because here's the thing, when the armies went in to the enemy's territory, the Lord told them many times, kill everything. I know this ain't, this ain't, this ain't proper in 2023. You kill the men, the women, everybody. You wipe them out. Why? Because they made light of serving the Lord. They came against God's people. They attacked them. Even when they, oh, you ought to read your Bible. It is so fascinating that one time all the men got circumcised. Now, I don't know about you men, but I guarantee if you get circumcised, you ain't going to feel like going out to battle. Now, pardon me, my Holy Ghost is showing but you ain't going to feel like running out to battle and fighting for a while. And the enemy attacked the people of God. 
during that time when they was just following the law, following the word of God. You see, the enemy wants to attack those that follow the word. He's not worried about these wishy-washy people that could care less whether they're going to make it to heaven or not. He's already got them. He's already got the half-hearted He's already got people that, that thinks everything else is important but church. I remember a time when, when we built this church here that you couldn't drive people away. They didn't want to leave the service. They didn't want to leave the parking lot. It's just like, what else can we do? We, we, we got a building now. What are we going to do? We're going we to do some stuff. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. The world. Because we talk about the world so much that, you know, we come out from the world. But why are we still so attached to it? Right? Why are we still so attached to the world that we say we despise and we hate? And we don't want to be a part of. Well, they're having a party down here. Well, I need to go to it. <laughs> you know, we've been bid bid to parties on Wednesday nights and we just simply say no we have church I know sometimes it's hard to swallow especially when you've been screaming all day at a ball game or some other thing it's hard to swallow <laughs> the word of God you know why because the word of God is something that when we take it in it, it may be tough to swallow, but oh, it gives us strength. Oh, it'll help you to stand against the enemy. When your friends start making fun of the way you dress, you'll stand and say, I'm come out from the world. I'm modest in my appearance, and I want to be what God wants me to be. So we have to understand the call. We can't make light of it. We can't make fun of it. We can't put it aside. We've got to say, Pastor, I've got to do more for Jesus. I've got to witness more. I've got to try to get more people to come because the wedding is ready. It's about time for the Lord to come. But the Lord said this king was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. You know what happens when bombs hit? It burns the city. They said they're having a hard time identifying people in Gaza because they're burnt to a literal crisp. That when they try to move the body, it falls apart because it's just ashes. The Bible talks about a time when people's eyeballs would just consume in their sockets and the flesh would just be taken away. How can that be? Watch, watch what Israel does to Hamas. Watch what happened when we dropped a bomb. Yeah, we ain't all got our hands all pristine. We dropped a bomb over Hiroshima. And not only did it kill and wipe out the whole city, the people on the outer rims died of cancer later on. I'm going to tell you, when nuclear war starts... And when all this atomic, uh, you know, uh, warfare goes on, 
If they was to bomb Louisville, we'd have the fallout. I don't know if you know how close we are to an ammunition. I don't know if they still have it, but back when I was in college, we had an ammunition place at EKU, Eastern Kentucky University. You know how close that is? About a three-hour drive less. Bluegrass Army Depot. And you know what happens? If they decide to bomb that or Fort Knox, you might as well tape your windows up. Because <laughs> fallout's coming. Why are you saying all this for? You're, you're trying to just get me all nervous and stuff. No, I'm trying to get you serious. Amen. I'm trying to get you serious. Burned up their city. Killed those murderers. Destroyed them. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Everybody say, not worthy. No wonder when we get so wrapped up in the world that the Bible says when they stand before the Lord... He says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. No wonder the Bible says that we want to be accounted worthy to escape all these things that's coming. Now, you can stay here if you want to. I'm not praying, Lord, find me a little place in the coal mines and a coal bank and let me hang out there till the war's over. No, I want out of here. I want out of here. I want to make it to heaven. He said, go ye therefore into the highways and as many as ye shall find. Don't matter who it is now. Don't matter who it is. That's why us Gentiles now are in, included. Because now we get a chance because some people didn't want to come to the wedding. Some people made light of the wedding. I don't want to be a Gentile that is considered a dog. And then come in the presence of the Lord and make light of what he wants to do. The Holy Ghost is real. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have to have the Holy Ghost. If you're going to make it to heaven, you've got to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. The wedding's ready. They which are bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall bid or, or find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Everybody say both bad and good. Now, I don't know where people got this idea that we only want good people to come to Cornerstone. I don't know where they got that stupid idea, that evil idea. I got to refine my speech. I don't know where they get their theology. Because it certainly ain't in the Bible. Tares and wheat, good and bad. Bring them all in the house of God. Right? Now I'm going to tell you the difference. The difference is we want them all in the house, but we don't want them on the platform. We want them all in the house, but we don't want them playing the music. I'm just telling you, this is why we protect the platform and the music department and the leadership 
Because we don't want just anybody speaking to our children, speaking to our teens, and talking to our people. Right? Oh, it gets lighter, but it gets tighter. I'm going to tell you something. We've got to understand that if we're going to be what the Lord wants us to be, we've got to invite the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> You know what? We, some people say, well, I'm going to invite this person because they're pretty or they're cute. You ought to hunt some people that you don't even like to look at. I know. We, we, we ought to invite because he said, you go out and gather this time. Not the people that's making light of it. Not the people that's refused. But you find anybody you come in contact with, you bring them in. The bad and good and the wedding was furnished with guests. Bad and good. You know what? We want the bad in the house. How's the bad ever going to get good? How's the bad ever going to hear the truth? How's the bad ever going to find that they need a Savior? If we say, we want all good people. We want, we want the educated and we want the people that's got tithes and offerings. And we want all the good people. Unfortunately, there's a lot of churches like that, but this ain't one of them. As long as you meet your obligation to the Lord, you know what? I don't take no salary here. I just, I know you get tired of hearing that. I ain't bragging. I'm just telling you that my heart is for the kingdom, not for your billfold. Yeah, I know that ain't, that ain't hand clapping stuff. But I will tell you this. There'll be people that'll come later, and they won't be like me. And they'll want money. And they won't want a little. They'll want a lot. I'm just going to tell you, we're living in a day where people need to say, we need to go out and get the bad. We need to go out and get the good. Let's just keep inviting people. This is where it comes in, church. It's not my job. I'm going to help you. I'm going to whisper it to you. It's not my job. It's your job. Notice the king didn't go out, the ruler... He sent servants. Now, I do my share of inviting, I will tell you. I, I don't just walk around saying, I ain't inviting nobody. No, I invite all the time. I saw somebody yesterday, good friend of mine, had lung cancer, took out half his lung, and, and had chemo and, and, and uh, radiation. I said, come see me. You know what? We, we got to start talking to people. People we know, people we don't know. Well, if I talk to somebody I don't know, I'm just not that type of person. Well, are you, are you born again? Do you have the Holy Ghost? The Bible says you didn't get the Holy Ghost just to do a little hallelujah every now and then. You got the Holy Ghost to have power to witness. If you're backwards, if you're ashamed, if you haven't been doing it, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You better get the real deal. I don't want to take a chance that somebody told me I got it. I remember my wife, when she was praying for the Holy Ghost, and we first started serving the Lord, and 
And she got the Holy Ghost that night. Man, she spoke in tongues and she was shouting and praising the Lord. And, and you know what? Some little old person that had no sense of spirituality about him at all walked up and said, Honey, if you'll keep praying, you'll get the Holy Ghost. My wife looked at her and said, I got the Holy Ghost tonight. Didn't you hear me speaking in tongues? We went home and she said, you know what? If I hadn't known I got the Holy Ghost, I would have doubted I had it. The devil will always send you somebody to make you doubt what you have with the Lord. It may be a friend. It may be a co-worker. It may be a neighbor. It may be somebody you trust. But somebody's going to come and question what you have. And everybody say, I got to know I got it. I got to know I got it. So the wedding was furnished with guests. And the king came in to see the guests. And he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, friend, notice what he called him. He didn't say enemy. He didn't look at him and say, buddy. Hey, you, friend. Because Jesus is always looking for people, good and bad, to try to get to serve him. And, and, and here's what he said. He said, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And the Bible says he was speechless. This is the way it's going to be when we stand before the Lord. If you think for a moment you're going to plead your case. Well, now Pastor McKinney said uh, we could do this. Or Pastor McKinney led us by with this. Or Pastor McKinney. I don't know how many of those you can get out. But you know what? You're not going to say a word. Nobody that stands before the Lord is going to plead a cause. Nobody's going to say, but, 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 Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you cast me out in hell, let me tell you, it was my wife and my. No, it ain't happening. Because salvation is about you, not your wife, not your daddy, your mama, your cousin, your uncle. What are you going to do? That's what it's about. And so the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. Thou shalt be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think it's interesting. How many remembers the three Hebrew boys? You know, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'm calling them by the real name because they had a real experience. How many knows that they was bound before they was cast into the fire? Why? Why? Because the devil is not satisfied just casting you out or getting you away from God. He wants to bind you. People sit on pews, I, I didn't feel like praising the Lord today. You're bound. Oh, I, I didn't want to shout hallelujah. They, my, that person sat beside I'm going to find me another seat because that person sat beside me. All they want to do is stand up and go, yes. You better hang tight with people that serve in the Lord. Let me, let me tell you something. You, you, better, you better get rid of this right here. Right? 
Y'all don't think I can't see I go blind up here or something. When you're doing this right here, you ain't praying. <laughs> you ain't fooling nobody. Every now and then, I made up my mind, I'm going to walk right back to you. And I'm going to stand beside the pew and say, and Jesus said. So if you see me coming your way, you better. It's the way I used to teach Sunday school. We didn't have cell phones in Sunday school. We weren't take every cell phone from Sunday school kids when they go into the room. Give them back to them afterwards. Right? And I pray God you take my kid's cell phone. I'm leaving. I ain't coming back. Well, bye. We got enough distractions without the teens sitting there trying to text their friend. Yeah, I'm in this born Sunday school class. What are you doing? That's right. Y'all think we, we, we old fogies don't know nothing. You know, gray hair, wisdom. We've been through some stuff. <laughs> we know some stuff. We've been in a place where we've seen some stuff. But let me tell you something about, about uh, Sunday school kids, teaching them and teaching them the, the word of the Lord. They need to be focused and they need to understand. And, and you know what? Uh, it, it, if it was me, like I say, we didn't have these in Sunday school when I was growing up. I'm old school. I saw a sweatshirt the other day. had a cassette tape on it and said, yes, I'm old school. <laughs> yeah, now you're really going back. Huh? We, we, we had eight tracks. I don't know how many of them you take and you, you pull it down and then you go, and you go, stick it back in there. Or if it breaks, put a piece of tape on it. That's, we, didn't, we didn't have these when we was in Sunday school. And you know what I do when I teach? Because kids are kids. They're going to get distracted whether they got cell phones, whether they're passing notes. That's why you, that was the first texts. I'd be a teaching Sunday school. I always like to do this. Reach, reach me that uh, songbook, if there's a songbook under that. Yeah, there you go. This is what I'd do. I'd be a teaching and I'd be saying, you know, Noah worked on that ark. And while he worked on the ark, he preached to the people. And there'd be some people in the back nudging each other. going, <laughs> And I'd go right back to them. And I'd say, and Jesus said. And they jumped like they were shot. Because we didn't have carpet. A lot of times we had... We had uh, other type of flooring, but it, it made a big sound. <laughs> I'd do that to them. They'd look at me like, what? I said, tell me what the last words I just said. You know what? They couldn't because you're busy talking. Don't make light of the things of God. Don't make light of the preacher while he's preaching. You ought to be hanging on every word because some words are for you. You're going to need it. Amen. 
the king came and saw the guests, and there was a man which didn't have a wedding garment on. He said, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now notice that phrase. Many are called, but few are chosen. God calls all sorts of people, but not everybody's going to serve Him. Many are called, few are chosen. God calls the bad. He calls the thief. He calls the liar. He calls everybody. He wants us, His servants, to go out and get everybody and bring them in. And then the Lord can take care of separating them. It's not my job to start on this side over here and say, you can stay, you can stay, you got to go. Right? That's not my job. My job's not to judge people. I'm not here to tell you whether you're going to heaven or hell. I'm here to preach the word to you. Amen. Weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Many are called, few are chosen. I tell you what, this world is the quietest world you'll ever be in. Because if you make it to heaven, it's going to be worship and praise continually. And if you go to hell, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. The quietest place you'll ever be. I've heard people say ignorant things like this. Y'all's church is too loud. Well, wait till you get to hell. Then you'll want us to turn the volume up. I'm going to tell you something. All of people's opinions don't mean a thing. The Word of God is what matters. Amen? It don't matter. I, I, I love people. I love people in other churches. I love people that's not in church. I love people that do good things. I love people that do bad things. And that's what we are supposed to do. If all we got is something negative, well, praise God. That person, I'll tell you what. I don't know. You're not helping that person find Jesus. You're not here to talk about people. You're here to talk to people about Jesus. I'm going to say that again. You're not here to talk about people. You're here to talk to people about Jesus. Now, if you ask my opinion on something, I'm going to tell you what I feel the Word of God says. And if you want to be a... And, and, and trust me, can I say this? Somebody say, go ahead. I'm glad you gave me permission. Here's what we got to understand. I want everybody in the church from the altar back. I don't care. I, I do care. But I'm just saying this as an example. If you want to steal, if you want to rob, if you want to do drugs, alcohol, whatever, that's your business, right? 
because I'm going to tell you something. The only thing that really I, I separate is when you want to work for the Lord. Now, if you want to sing on the platform, play an instrument, be a Sunday school teacher, be a youth leader, be involved in ministry, then yeah, we got to sit down and talk about not going to some places and doing some things. But this example didn't say exclude everybody that's doing those things. And I don't know why the devil, I do know why the devil's lied about it. Because the devil don't want people to come to this church and get saved. I've had people say, oh, you can't go up there because you go here. Oh, you can't go to the cornerstone because they don't, they don't believe you can do this. Well, I've heard so much, it about makes me throw up my mouth. But you know what? From the altar back, we want the good and the bad. Somebody says, bring them in. Bring them in. But if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a part of something, then yeah, there's some expectations we have, and a lot of people don't like them. But when they get to be pastor of this church, they can run it the way they want to. Right? That's right. I'm going to run it the way God instructs me to run it. Well, thank you, brother. I'll give you $20 after a while. <laughs> we got to understand what was happening here. The call was given, but they refused to come. Then another call was given. They made light of it. And then he says, you take these people that's made light of it and refused, and you bind them hand and foot, and you cast them into outer darkness. When judgment happens, there's not going to be any second chances. Is God a God of second chances? Absolutely. None of us would be here if it wasn't for second chances, right? And some of us, third, fourth, and fifth, and seventeenth. I'm glad He's a merciful God. I'm glad He's a merciful God. The king was devastated. How could they refuse such an invitation? I'm the king. Now I guarantee, if I was to make an announcement to this community, the president of the United States is going to be at Cornerstone 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. They'd be standing room only, and people would be trying to park down the road and walk. But if I was to say, come to Cornerstone on Sunday morning, we're going to have some church in that house. And we're going to have some worship and praise unto the God that we serve. There's still parking room. There's still parking room. You know why? It's because man is so intrigued with man and position and power. I'm intrigued with all of that. I'm intrigued with my position as a saint of God. I'm intrigued with the power that I'm connected to. I'm intrigued because the Lord is my help and my Savior and my hope. And he's the one that is able to take me out of the valley and place me on the mountain and get me through my tough times and my rough uh, times. Uh, I know some of y'all been through some stuff. that You ought to be the biggest praisers in the house. Let me, let me tell you something about the old days. Let's go old school. 
Back in the olden days, old school, you could tell who was going through the worst times. How could you tell? Because they was crying all the time. No, they shouting all the time. We, we forgot how to get victory over our problems. We got to be reminded. Our problems are big. Yes, they are. I'm not making light of your problem. Your problem is big. Bigger to you than it is to me, but it's still huge. But I will say this. If we learn to shout our way through, if we learn to rejoice our way through, if we learn to lift up the name above every name instead of sitting and weeping and wailing, leave that for the place called hell. Let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Woo! You may be seated. I thought it was interesting that back in the olden days, You'd see somebody take off shouting and running. And you'd say, well, praise God, wonder what's going on with them. I had, a, I had a dear old sister come up to me one time. The Lord touched me. Man, he shouted me all over the platform. And, 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 and I hit the floor. And, 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 and she, she said, I was back there wondering, uh, you know, what, what you had need of. See, the problem is we're too nosy. Just look at somebody and say, ain't none of your business. But I will tell you this. When you shout and praise and worship the Lord, it ain't because you got a problem. It's because you got the problem solver. <laughs> Woo! I don't know about you, but I feel like praising him right now. I feel like lifting up that name right now. Oh, whether you're going through something, whether you're not going through something, whether you had a good day, a bad day, a good week, a bad week, somebody ought to be a praiser. <laughs> Man, they would shout and speak in tongues. And if you didn't watch out, you'd get run over. And if you didn't watch out, you'd get smacked upside the head. Man, you'd be sitting there beside somebody, they'd be all calm, cool, and collecting. All of a sudden, they go, you got saved when you went to somebody going, it's been people that ain't put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. If we're not careful, we're hokey-pokey Christians. We don't even get all the way in. We just put our foot in. I don't want to get fanatic now. I know y'all believe everything. I mean, you, you believe everything's wrong except, you know, breathing air and drinking water, and you can't, can't have too much of that. I believe we can have the most fun of anybody. I believe we can shout and be happy and smile and do things together, and, and, and we don't have to have the entertainment of the world to be happy. I wish I had a little help. Because the king was devastated. How can they refuse an invitation from the king? He was not only dishonored by their refusal to come to the wedding feast, but he was furious with those who had killed his servants. He sent out his army to kill the murderers who tortured the servants and set their property on fire. It's 1100. 
You know what that means? It's time to shut it down. Get ready for church service. Get ready. I know Sunday school is a calm time <laughs> in most churches, not here. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather shout in Sunday school than to pout. Ah, that just ain't me, Pastor, getting all excited about the Word of God. Well, I don't know what to get you excited. If it's a song, you're misled. If it's a person, you're misled. You ought to get excited when the Word of God... If, if the preacher says, open your Bibles to Matthew, we ought to go, woo, Matthew! Right? Because we're so happy about it. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is what we live by. Oh, I love our young people coming into the sanctuary. They need to hear these things. That's why we got to be a church that's praising and worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus. They need to know what it's like. They need to know what it's like. I remember going to Sunday school. After Sunday school, they would have just a little bit of church. They just have a song or two to dismiss. And those saints of God would start shouting and speaking in tongues. And I'm a 15, 16-year-old boy sitting there scared out of my wits. I'm, I'm not raised. I was raised Baptist. We, we don't say nothing in church. And if somebody sneezes, we jump like we're shot. So imagine me being brought up in a Baptist background, sitting in the middle of an apostolic church with a bunch of shouting saints. I'm telling you, our young people need to see us shout. Our young people need to see us shout. They need to see us worship. They need to see us lift up the name. They need to hear us say hallelujah. They need to say yes, preach on, preacher. They need to hear us agree with the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. We're going to transition. Oh, somebody say I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Dwayne. Come on, let's give him some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. We're overcomers. Amen. By the blood of the Lamb. So your shout is your testimony. You believe that? Amen. That's the only way your neighbor knows that you're an overcomer. Amen. If you get up and shout your way through it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word this morning. I enjoyed it, didn't you? Thank God for a pastor that is willing, amen, to get up and preach the word to us. Not tickle my ears. That ain't going to get me nothing but an itch behind my ear. But I need preached to. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody got any birthdays? Anybody got any anniversaries? Brother Josh got away from us Wednesday. We've had other people get away, and we had to just back up and sing to them later. 
Sister Susan's a sneaky one. She sneaks out every now and then. We, we have to sing to her later. We did. Brother Josh, I'm glad you have another birthday. And I want to tell you why. You've been through six brain surgeries. The doctor said you may come out of surgery and not know your family, your name, your wife. You may never have any more children. And look what a beautiful family. I'm talking the miraculous. I was sitting there with your wife when the doctor, the surgeon looked at her and said, well, the good part is it hasn't grown any. It's remained the same. The last appointment, they told you it's shrinking. It's shrinking. Amen. So I'm glad you're celebrating a birthday. That's why I'm happy about this birthday. Take that devil, 25. Take that devil, 35. Take that devil, 36, 37. Take that devil. 37. Proud of you, bro, Josh. I'm proud of you being faithful to the house of God with your kids and your family. Thank you for loving Jesus. He's been good. Let's sing happy birthday. Any other birthdays or anniversaries? All right. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. And the best year you've ever had. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. And the best year you've ever had. Right. Whatever it's for, he always first thing. He's like I told him. You remind me of the, the the one leper out of ten that come back. He always says, "I'm thankful for what." Yes. God yes. Yes. Thankful, yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Quit, quit talking. It's time for so and so. Amen. How many want to give to a child? It's time. It's time. JJ, there you go. Thank you, bud. Let's give them all a hand clap. Amen. They, they take joy in, in giving to the Lord. Amen. We ought to be like that. We ought to run up here with a smile, shouldn't we? And give to the Lord. Amen? Because he's given it to you. Amen? John 4 and 23 and 24. Amen? How many likes to praise and worship? John 4 and 24 says this. 
It says, God is a spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. I, I heard a little message. Good old apostolic minister preaching this weekend. I just pulled it up on my, on my phone, one that I love to listen to. And he talked about the power of worship. See, praise is important because the Bible says praise. He inhabits our praise. So pr praise brings him, Brother Larry, down where you're at, in your house, in your home. Amen. He inhabits it. But worship is a step further. Praise comes from your emotions. Amen. That's why That's why you, your neighbor sitting beside of you, they may not be a sinner, but they can lift their hands, Brother McKinney. They feel a little something. Amen. They're, they get emotional. Amen. And they start praising. But you see, worship comes from the from the innermost part, amen. Worship comes from the soul, amen. Hallelujah. From the depths of the heart, I will worship him. Listen, worship. Psalms 138, David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And verse 2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple. Worship goes a step further, amen. Worship just more than brings him on the scene, but it brings him in the middle of your situation, amen. So whatever you're facing today, Sister Tennille, worship him. Whatever you're going through, worship him, amen. If you want to have, amen, victory like Brother McKinney was talking about, come on, get out and shout. Get up here with us, amen. I'm no cheerleader, I told you before, amen. But I'm going to tell you what he's told me to give you, amen. You better start worshiping him. You man, you better start getting up here, amen. This praise team shouldn't be the only ones lifting and worshiping the Lord, amen. But you need to be up here, hallelujah. You're going to worship him. Are you going to lift your hands today? Are you going to get out of your situation? Come on, today is the day.
I'm glad for the, the night, I guess it was, it fell on me, but I am glad that it falls on me from time to time. All I got to do is seek the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you haven't felt the Holy Ghost in a while, go ahead and seek the Lord. We have some prayer requests that we want to make mention of. And of course, all the prayer requests, there's more than these, but we want to mention about the last ten of these. Uh, we want to remember um, Becky Polly, Donnie Reagan and family, Mark and Angie Smith, Jeff Perry, uh, Harley uh, Caldwell. Sister Tennille had some tests on Friday, and I don't know if she's got the results yet, but when you get them, I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. Amen. Let's remember Jeremy Stump and Raymond Thacker. And uh, also, Sister Nicole Clevenger is on our list. Let's remember her in prayer. She's here today, though. I'm glad for that. Amen. I tell you, I'd like to have a whole house full of Sister Nicole's. Amen. Amen. Let's remember the Jerry Cox family. This is uh, Brother Booney's wife, Robin. Sister Robin's dad passed away. And they'll be having visitation Wednesday night. And then the funeral will be Thursday. Let's remember this family as they go through the loss of their loved one. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the raising of the hand, the Lord sees that. Oh, what faith is in this house. Could we lift our other hand and talk to Jesus? Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. You're our healer, our help, and our hope. You're the one we turn to, Lord, because there is none else. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one, whether they need comfort from the loss of a loved one, healing in their body, strength, Lord, spiritually, whatever the need is, that they can look unto you and they can receive what they have need of. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to sweep through this congregation, that, Lord, you would touch each and every one from the front to the back, side to side, that those hands that are in the air, that, Lord, you will just begin to open up the windows of heaven and pour out of your anointing to break every yoke. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. be discouraged even when I'm discouraged I'll remind my soul of all you've done before I won't be distracted even in the distraction I will trust the one who is greater than the storm Said I will trust the one who is greater than the storm. I don't need another reason. I don't need more conviction. The same God who made a way is the same God who's here today. Even in my darkest moments, 
the Lord has done something here this morning. I feel like somebody's walking out different than they came in. I feel like somebody's been in the presence of an almighty God and said, I refuse to leave the throne room until I get what I have need of. I, I feel like the Lord's doing something right here, right now. Hallelujah. As we ask our ushers to come, we're going to give an offering today. Give us the Lord blesses you. The Lord loves a cheerful given, giver. He said, don't do it grudgingly. Don't do it because the Bible says you have to. But I like to say this. I can give today because the Lord has blessed me. Amen. So when you give, give cheerfully. Go ahead and shout if you want to. Go ahead and drop your money in and raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we come before your presence. We ask, Lord, that you would bless each and every one that gives. Lord, we give because you have blessed us. Help us, Lord, that we'll understand if we will give, it's going to be given back to us. As we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name.
atmosphere with his anointing. He is in the room, so if you need something today, you need to reach out and you need to grasp a hold of who he is. Come on now, everything has to change when he's in the room. Darkness has to flee when he's in the room. says know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost and I feel him in my room right. hallelujah hallelujah I feel him hallelujah. amen sister McKinney he's bubbling up and spilling over amen right. hallelujah how do you know you got enough of something amen when you pour a glass brother Jimmy Dove and it starts a spilling over amen never All forget right. my, my father-in-law asking their, one of their musicians he's a blind man he said how do you know when you got enough when you're pouring you a glass to drink, he says, I'll stick my finger in the cup. He said, I know it's full when I start filling it. Right. I know I'm full when I start to feel the Holy Ghost bubbling over in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Got a song that I want to sing. Brother McKinney, is it all right? The Lord put it on my heart to let Sister Tanil testify of what God did. He was in the room with us in Lexington. Hallelujah. I don't want to give it away. I'm going to let her testify. All right. Well, all, all of y'all know that I was diagnosed with cancer. And fear had just about overtaken me, to be honest. And I told Dwayne, I said, I don't know what else to do but just to get up here and worship the Lord. Last Sunday, I was... Uh, while, when I was walking here, I was worshiping with the Lord. The Lord gave me peace, and I wasn't afraid anymore. 
I went for this scan on Friday, and as I, as I was going in there, I thought, this is really real. So yes. fear started to creep up on me again. So they put my IV in and stuff. They gave me some headphones and told me they was going to put some music on. They explained everything to me, asked me what kind of music I wanted to listen to. I told them I wanted to put Christian music on. So they put me back in there. They put a big old camera over my pelvic area. And they told me it was real important that I didn't move. And so they put me back in there. And I was so anxious. And I was breathing so hard. My belly was just raising and falling. And I kept praying. I said, Lord, these pictures are not going to do right. And I could hear the music. But it wasn't real loud in those headphones. And all of a sudden, the song Waymaker came on, and it was like right. the music got louder. I, I remember the whole song, but what stuck out to me, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Right. I never stopped. I never stopped working. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon me, and I started speaking in tongues All in that right. machine. Right. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And calmed me down. And I was calm from then on to be able to get through that scan. I know that the Lord moved upon me and got me calm to get through that. And I All thank right. him. And I'm looking for good results. Yeah. I am trusting him yeah. that it's going to be okay. Hallelujah. Like the song says, he's in the room. Amen. All you have to do is as close as the mention of his name. Saints of God, we can't forget that. The distractions of the world want you to forget that, don't it? Amen. He's in the room. Amen. If y'all know this song, please sing it with me. Amen. I've shouted till I've just about shouted out, but I'm going to do it anyway. Amen. Crossing the calm sea with Jesus. The disciples were getting concerned. The wind started violently blowing. But he was asleep in the stern. Oh, does he not care that we perish? See, we're helpless and we're so afraid. But Jesus arose when they called him. And he said to them, where is your faith? Because you prayed all night. Child, you've held on with all of your might. Oh, your cries have awoken the Master. How many's glad He knows your voice? And thank God He knows my voice. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. It's time to rejoice. Child, your cries have awoken the master oh it's hit you without any warning the storm of your life has begun seeing no hope in the distance you're frightened and nowhere to run 
find now your vessel is filling. Oh, you're thinking you'll surely drown. But you've cried out for help from the Savior. Hallelujah. And you know you can't give up now because you prayed all night. Oh, you've held on with all of your mind. Child, your cries have awoken the Master. And thank God He knows your voice. Lift your hands, it's time to rejoice. Child, your cries have awoken the Master. Close my voice, hallelujah. Lift your hands, it's time to rejoice. Child, your cries. Can y'all sing it with me? They've awoken the master. I'm glad he knows my name, church. Because you pray all night. You've held on with all of your might. Child, your cries have awoken the master. You found yourself at the bottom. You're broken and your life's a mess. But you know who holds all the answers to the heartache and the brokenness you've seen all the world has to offer so come and give jesus a try you'll find he'll never forsake you there's hope while the master is nigh because you prayed all night Cause you've held on with all of your mind. Child, your cries have awoken the master. Thank God he knows your voice. Lift your hands, it's time to rejoice. Child, your cries have awoken the master how many he's glad he knows your voice amen thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus somebody say i gotta praise and I gotta let it out. Does anybody got a praise? Well, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Well, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Boom, boom. I, I gotta praise. 
praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and oh somebody got one they're gonna let out right now. Well, I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I wonder if anybody on this side has a praise that they wanna let out. I wonder if anybody in the middle's got a praise they're gonna let out. I wonder if anybody on this side's got a praise they're gonna let out. I wonder if the church has got a praise. Oh, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Let's give the Lord a mighty praise. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty Oh, if he's been good to you, it ought to be more mighty than that. There ought not be nobody sitting in this house. There ought not be nobody with their hands down. There ought not be nobody that doesn't have a praise and going to let it out. Because after all, the Lord's been good to you better than we responding to him. I believe when the Ten lepers got healed. They were so excited. They just, nine of them just went on about their business. I got to go home and tell them what happened to me. And one said, no, I got to go back to Jesus. I know that there's a lot of praise. There's a lot of worship. And we have our times of ups and downs and clapping and not clapping. But I believe that every moment in this service ought to be praise unto the Lord. That somebody ought to say, you know what? I got to go back to Jesus. I got to just get back to Jesus. I got to get back to Jesus. Somebody shouted, I got to get back to Jesus. I got to get back to Jesus. I tell you, the world's messed up, but the church ain't. And uh, we just got to keep getting back to Jesus. Brother Elmer Davis used to sing a song. I've been wading through deep waters, just trying to make it home. Sometimes it seems the wave's so high, I think I'm almost gone. But just when I think I'm going under, he reaches his hand down. His great big hand of God reaches down and touches mine. I'm glad to know that God is still big enough to take care of our problems. He is still good enough to let us gather here today. And I want to respond to him in a way today that lets him know how much I appreciate him. Let me be in the midst of the family of God. Amen.
Remember I told you that a shouting church the devil can't do nothing with. A worshiping church the devil can't do nothing with. But if you ain't got a shout, the devil's going to mess you up today. If you ain't got some praise, the devil's going to mess you up today. But I'm here to say that the devil can't do nothing if somebody will just lift up the name that is above every name. If the name of Jesus is exalted in this house, there won't be no pain and sickness and woe and discouragement and depression. They won't be nothing but the power of God. Somebody give a praise. Oh, I know. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 17. You know where all them pages are stuck together that you never go to. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 17. And uh, I want to read verse 22. Proverbs 17 and verse 22. <laughs> That's right, bro. Genesis, amen. Matthew, woo. Proverbs, hallelujah. <laughs> you, you had to be in Sunday school this morning in adult class to understand that response. So I'm going to say it again. Proverbs 17 and 22. Oh, the devil's had it today. Everybody say a merry heart. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I want to speak to us today the medicine of the heart. The medicine of the heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak to your great people. Lord, I pray that I'll have a word for them today that is forever going to change their life and let them leave this building knowing that they have been in your presence, knowing that there is a medicine of the heart that will change the way they feel, change the way they act, change what they're going through. It will even change them physically as well as spiritually. Lord, I pray that you would begin to just show the medicine of the heart. Let your spirit flow, Lord. Let it flow like a mighty rushing wind. Let it fill all the house where we are and get glory from our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord another mighty shout. Amen, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Oh, I love the Lord. Proverbs is a book of wisdom, wise sayings, nuggets of gold from a wise man, Solomon, who had so much wisdom that he was given by the Lord all of this wisdom to make right decisions among the people. But we find that in the midst of Solomon doing great things, he also made some grave mistakes. Just because God is using you to do great things doesn't mean you're above reproach. It doesn't mean that you are untouchable, uninfluential, or to be influenced. 
I find that this verse, as many times as I have read it, as many times as I have studied it, I have looked and realized that a merry heart, which is a heart that is cheerful, a heart with praise, a heart of worship, a heart that responds to God, a heart that responds to His Word, a heart that is willing to go beyond your circumstance or situation and say, I know what I'm going through, but my heart is in heaven. My heart is in the things of God. I, I want a little help in the house right now because... We are so hooked on medicine today, and I'm not speaking, don't take medicine, don't if you cough your head off, just cough your head up. No, I'm saying that medicine does good. That's right. Medicine does good. I don't think anybody wants, I don't think Sister Pam wanted to be operated on and not be put to sleep. I don't think anybody that has pain says, no, nah, I'm just going to tough it out. Go ahead and stitch it up, Doc. No, no, this ain't gun smoke. No, we like medicine. And in fact, medicine has become a big part of our world. Most of us understand that medicine is good for you, but medicine that's good for you that is abused becomes a problem. Because the medicine that the doctors give and all the things they do to try to help our bodies does not heal our body. It only prolongs the inevitable. Right? That's right. You see, the, the surgeries we have and the things that we have, it only prolongs the inevitable. We all going to die unless the Lord comes back. And then we're all getting out of here. And we're going to be changed. But I want to talk about the medicine of the heart. What does it mean when you're talking about a merry heart doeth good like a medicine? First, we have to establish that medicine is good. That's right. Medicine's good. You take it when you need it. You don't take it when you want it. Medicine's good. But a merry heart does good like a medicine. Which means a lot of people's problems would be solved if we just had a merry heart. A lot of people would not be overwhelmed and depressed if they just had a merry heart. Now, I know that we're living in a day where there's a lot of psychological analysis and all that things going on with people. I want you to know there was not a disease, there was not a problem, there was not anything that Jesus faced in his day that he didn't speak a word and it changed forever. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that if we would get the medicine of the heart, what is the medicine of the heart? It is a merry heart. We've got to have that word merry. Somebody help me preach just for a moment. It means that I've got to be gleeful. I've got to be glad. Anybody glad you're in the house of the Lord? You better let your heart be merry. I've never seen somebody with a merry heart backslide. I've never seen somebody with a merry heart grow cold. 
I've never seen somebody with a merry heart sit on a pew and wish for the service to end. But when I see a merry heart, I see a praiser. I see somebody who's willing to worship. I see somebody who will lift up the name, lift up the name, raise that banner high, high as we proclaim. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Some of your hearts need to get merry. That word Mary comes from Samia, which means to blith, be blith or gleeful. It means to be glad and joyful. It means to make merry. It means to rejoice. It means to be, in a way, showing joy. You who rejoice, you have a merry heart. Merry heart does good like a medicine. I believe that we got to understand, Brother Larry, that when I come to the house of God, if I've got a merry heart, everything that's been going on in my day up until then is going to be just a memory. If I can have a merry heart, I'm going to get through some stuff that looks impossible. Why? Because a merry heart does good like a medicine. Take 10 more milligrams of a merry heart. Take 10 more milligrams of a gleeful heart. Take 10 more milligrams of a heart that does good like a medicine. Somebody ought to praise him right now. You came with a little praise but I need a lot of praise. I need to lift up my voice because I want to have a merry heart. I believe that depression of spiritual sense, not the natural psychological sense, but the spiritual sense of depression. People want to give up on Jesus. The word doesn't move them anymore. The songs doesn't move them anymore. They're going through the motions, but nothing's happening. They're going through the motions, but nothing's changed. I believe that we got to have a merry heart. Somebody ought to say, let's get merry. Let's get merry. Let's get merry in the house of God. Let's get merry in the house of God. It was in the upper room when people started looking from the street and said, these guys are drunk it wasn't because they were sitting around they had a merry heart Holy Ghost will change your hard heart into a flesh of heart a heart of flesh and you'll have a merry heart I know hearts that can't be touched. I've seen people preach too. I've seen evangelists preach until they about pass out and sweat till their suits are wet and people just sit there unaffected they don't have a merry heart a merry heart does good like a medicine. It means that when we come into the house of the Lord, and before the first, uh, I said this in Sunday school, uh, but when the, when the preacher opens up the Bible and says, let's turn to Matthew, people ought to be starting to shout. You know why? Because you know you're getting ready to get the Word. The Word is the only thing that increases our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Medicine of the heart. I thought about how important it is to have medicine. If uh, you don't have certain medicines, your blood pressure goes crazy. If you don't have certain medicines, your triglycerides get out of count. I remember 
uh, saying of God that her potassium would get out of whack. And she says it's like walking on springs. Her legs was like springs. And I was thinking, maybe you're getting ready to shout. Because a merry heart does good like a medicine. I believe we would have a lot less medicated people in the world if we would just be a happy church. Now, I'm not just talking about this congregation. I'm talking about the church worldwide. It seems like people's lost their joy. It seems like people have lost their feelings about the Word. It seems like people... That's why I said I wish I had a whole church house of Sister Nicole Clevenger's because there's not a time that she ain't praising and Sister Shauna, she's praising. And I want you to know that there's others, Sister Sabrina, and I want you to know there's others in the house all across here that are praisers and worshipers. They don't have to be sung into it. They don't have to be cheerleaded. They don't have to be enticed. They just know what God has done for for them, and I believe it's worth another praise unto the Lord. The Bible talks about a broken spirit. What does a broken spirit do? It dries the bones. This broken spirit, uh, it, it, it's, it begins to uh, zap a person's strength. That's what the New Living Translation says. It, it saps or zaps their strength. You see people that's walking around that can't lift their arms, their strength is zapped. They ain't got a merry heart. They got a broken spirit. You see people that are, are down and out and they just come to church and hope that somehow, some magical moment, the song that's sung will touch them and they'll be back on their feet. The songs will never change you. The music will never change you. If you don't learn to pray at home and change at home, you can come here for two hours and we can't do in two hours what the devil's done all week long. But the Lord can speak a word and the Lord can give a word. That's why this is the scripture we look at. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. It's something about being happy that changes your day. That's why you got songs that says singing in the rain. That's why you, you got songs that he's the lily of my valley. That's why those songs are written. It's because somebody had a merry heart in the midst of their problem and trouble. I wish that somehow today we could, we could transform into a church that has nothing but a merry heart. I'm not going to be worried about what's going on in Israel and Gaza and Hamas and all these things. I'm not going to be worried about the job market. I'm not going to be worried about if I got money in the bank or not. I'm not going to be worried about my beanie weenies in the cupboard. But I am just going to say if I can Come to the house of God and get a merry heart. It's like a medicine. I'll get another dose of the Holy Ghost. And when I leave this place, I'm going out into a world that is dark and dreary and broken. But I can be a light because I have a merry heart. When I first moved to Phelps from Elkhorn City, I had to make new friends. I had to learn how to talk to people I didn't know because I didn't literally know nobody. My dad got married. I didn't even know my own stepbrothers. That's, that's how I didn't know nothing. 
But you know what? You get to learn to know people. And, and the best way I learned to get along with people is to be happy. Was I glad I moved to Phelps? No. Was I glad when my dad moved me from Elkhorn to Feds Creek? No. But you know what? I learned how to have a merry heart in the midst of it all. I learned to make bad, bad things turn into good things. As we say, I learned how to take lemons and make lemonade. Because when you go to a place you don't know nobody and you're the target of every guy because every girl that you look at, some guy's ready to bust your head. See, y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all went to the same school all your life, lived in the same place all your life. Y'all know nothing about that. How many had changed schools? Not from Freeburn to Phelps, please. Majestic. The How many ever had changed schools? All right. Always Somerset. Nobody. You learn how to have a merry heart. You learn how to be happy. I went to school and I'd laugh. I was, I was the life of the party, believe it or not, church. Believe it or not. Everybody wanted to be around me to laugh and cut up. I remember I walked in one day. I'd had a bad day with my stepmother. I'd had a bad day. Bad morning. I walk into homeroom. I sat down. I put my hands on the desk. And I just sat there. It wasn't a minute. Somebody's nudging me. What's wrong with you? I said, nothing. No, 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 don't give me that nothing. You're always laughing. You're always cutting up. You're always happy. You're telling something crazy all the time. You're doing something crazy all the time. And here you are sitting here. What's wrong with you? I said, nothing. They said, well, i tell you something's wrong because you're usually upbeat all the time and here you are down. You see, church, we don't have to go to the pastor and say, Pastor, I'm, having, I'm struggling spiritually. Because all the pastor has to do is look at people that used to shout, sit. People that used to raise their hands, have their arms crossed. It's not my preaching. Because guess what? I preach the Word of God. Right? Or none of y'all be here. Some of y'all would say, you don't preach the Word of God, I'm out of here. And I'd say, amen. I'm going with you. But a merry heart got me through a lot of tough days when I realized that I was where I was and I couldn't change a thing. I decided to be happy. I thought about that day and have many times since when they nudged me and said, what's wrong with you? You're not upbeat. You're not happy. You don't have a merry heart. You're not doing like you normally do. You're acting different. I thought about how can I tell the people of God that if we can just have a merry heart, yes, we go through bad times with our stepmothers. Yes, we go through bad times with husbands and wives. Yes, we go through bad times with children. Yes, oh, I wish I had a little some of y'all scared to death I'm going to tell something on you get a merry heart it does good like a medicine sister Barb I believe a lot of times you had a merry heart to get through your situations 
I believe there's been times that all of us, Brother Dwayne, had to just say, well, it is what it is, but I'm going to be happy. I refuse to walk around unhappy. Somebody say, I need some medicine. I'm getting ready to give it to you. A merry heart is what you need. You need something that's going to pick you up. Oh, if I just had me some, uh, um, what's those things? We called it speed. I don't know what, <laughs> what everybody else calls it. That you pop a pill and you get all pumped up. Amphetamines. <laughs> Give me two amphetamines and I'll be happy. Some people says, give me seven Lord tabs and I'll show you what it's like to party. Oh, I'm getting tight, but it's getting right. <laughs> Some people says, oh, if I just had about seven more swigs of that codeine lace cough syrup. Let me tell you what old dumb teenager Richard McKinney did on senior trip. I got sick. Probably a good thing. I would have gotten in trouble. I would have. My wife says I would have. I'd probably been locked up. I probably, who knows what would have happened. But I got there the first day, stayed up all night long, all day, all night into the next day until we pulled into, into uh, Daytona Beach. I was pumped up. First thing I want to do, I want to go to bed and sleep some. You know what my teacher did? My trigonometry teacher did. He comes in knocking on my door. And they got about four of us guys in there. He, he opens the door and says, come on. I'm like, what are you doing? I've been up for like, I don't know, 30-some hours, 20-some hours. What, what, do you want, what do you want? We're going down here to look at the water. He made me and the guys in my room and a whole bunch of other guys in the other room go with him. Here I am. You think I was happy? I didn't like trig and I don't like what you're doing now. I drag through the sand. I get to the water. He says, wait out in the water. I'm like, you're crazy. We should have left you at Phelps. We start wading in the water, and all of a sudden, it just changes. I don't know what it is about oceans. I love oceans. I love lakes. I love the creek in front of my house. I don't know what it is about water. Some people say it's because you're a Pisces. <laughs> I got in that water. Next thing you know, I started perking up. And I started saying, get that Frisbee. <laughs> we was out there and we was laughing, cutting up out there all day. We'd go in at evening time, blistered. I'm used to East Kentucky sun. I'm down in Florida sun now. Blistered. We walk in red, red, red. And uh, so we walk in and, and I start feeling flu-like symptoms. It's before COVID. I started feeling flu-like symptoms. I was getting sick at my stomach. So I said, I know why. 
I need some NyQuil. I can take a dose of that and go to sleep. I didn't know what a dose of NyQuil was. I get the bottle. I don't know it's got a 10 or 11% alcohol or whatever it is in it. I didn't know that. Now, you young people, stay away from NyQuil. <laughs> I took the lid off and I got the whole bottle. And so I think, well, you know, I'm not going to ask for a spoon. I'm a man. <laughs> Screwed the lid back on. I slept all the way up to Disney World. <laughs> Here comes the teacher knocking on the door again. This time it's the coach, and he's knocking on the door. Get up! Why? We're going to Disney World. And I said, No, no, no! I can't go to Disney World. I'm sick. I'm, 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 I'm I, I can't make it. You go on without me. Trust me, I won't get out of this room. I can't leave you here. You know how chaperones are. They won't let you have no fun. Can't leave you here. So what did he do? I got dressed and I went with him. I went in. You park way down here. And you walk way up there. Here I am. I, I can't take no more. I can't take no more. I, I got to go back to the bus. You ain't going back to the bus. Come on, we're going to ride one ride anyway. He took me and got me on a ride. First thing I said, it ain't got no heels or curves or big drops, does it? Nah. You know what the first thing was? I'm like standing up in the ride going, no! But I was looking at all that, and I was thinking, you know what? Once they got me out of my situation, I started enjoying myself. Sometimes we just need to get out of sin. Get away from things that's pulling us down. Things that's causing us to feel overwhelmed. Oh, I just can't stand to go through that. and That just makes me feel bad. And we'll get a merry heart. A merry heart does good like a medicine. I didn't need another dose of NyQuil. I needed a merry heart. I didn't need another dose of cough syrup. I needed a merry heart. Some of you here today just needs a merry heart. I just need to somehow entice you enough to come to this altar and say, Lord, I need a merry heart. It's going to be better for me than medicine. It's going to do the same thing medicine would do. That's what that means. That means that it will do exactly the same thing that medicine does for you. So if your medicine makes you feel better, what's a merry heart going to do? Make you feel better. Oh, pastor, feeling better. Talking about this good old way. Pastor feeling better. Talking about the Lord. Let's go on. Let's go on. Talking about this good old way. Let's go on. Let's go on. Talking about the Lord. Oh, I am feeling better. Talking about this good old way. I am feeling better. Talking about the Lord. Let's go on. Let's go on. Talking about this good old way. Let's go on. Let's go on. Talking about the Lord. Well, the church is feeling better. 
there talking about this good old way. The church is feeling better talking about the Lord. Let's go on, let's go on talking about this good old way. Let's go on, let's go on talking about the Lord. Give a praise unto the Lord. You know, if all I ever want to do is get Mary again and Mary Hart, all I got to do is go to Brother Larry, and Brother Larry went to Vietnam. Brother Larry went to Vietnam, but before he went to Vietnam, he says, I got to have the Holy Ghost. I got to have it before I leave because too many body bags are coming back from Vietnam and he didn't want to be in one of them. So he said, I got to have the Holy Ghost before I leave. And he got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost kept him all of his tour in Vietnam. He was a medic, would go out in the field and fire and and bullets whizzing by and tracer rounds uh, flaring by. And he would be trying to help uh, with medicine. He was trying to help those that were wounded, those that needed a release from the pain. Maybe they had a leg shot off or half their body was missing and they was looking, knowing they was going to die, but they was looking at him saying, am I going to be all right or or tell my mama that I love them? He said he heard grown men crying out for their mama. I want to tell you something about war. We're all in a war and we all got to fight. And if we're not careful, we'll go into war and into battle and we'll become a casualty because we don't have any joy or any happiness or any contentment. We don't know where the altar's at. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to get a merry heart. Every time I want to get a little more, Mary, I say, tell me that story again. Tell me that story again. Every time I want to get Mary, I look at somebody that's got the Holy Ghost, somebody who's been serving the Lord for a while, and I just look at them and say, here, talk to me again how the Lord brought you out, how he brought you through. Maybe he healed your body. Maybe he healed your broken spirit. Maybe he touched you in a way that let you rise up out of the ashes of ruins and begin to walk with him. Tell me that story again. That's why the Bible says it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that we are overcomers. If I want to keep a merry heart, I'll get out the picture album and look at me back in the day it wasn't a pretty sight if I want to see what the Lord's done I go and look at the photo albums of me and my wife and my daughter in church Easter outfits standing there taking pictures if I want to really get excited I'll look and see some Old photos of me and my grandkids sitting right here on this steps every Easter taking pictures. I got some on my refrigerator. I've got some on my, in my man cave. I've got some everywhere. You know why? Because I want to be reminded of how good God is. I want to be reminded how good God is. You, you need to surround yourself with some stuff that reminds you how good God's been. How many knows God's been good to you? How many knows that when you was left for dead, the Lord came to you? Nobody cared for your soul. Nobody cared whether you lived or died. But you came to a church one day and you went to an altar and got a merry heart.
You'd never know it by some saints. I call it their face gets heavy. Oh, when the saints come dragging in. Oh, when the saints come dragging in. Oh, I want to be in that number. When the saints come dragging in. You know what drags me down? People that are in valleys. You know, if I sit down and I say, Well, Brother Jerry, I'm having a bad day. Man, I've just been through some stuff. And he says, Brother Richard, you don't understand. I've been through some stuff too. I'm down too. I'm thinking about quitting church and divorcing joy. <laughs> I say, well, praise God. I come to get cheered up, and here you, you're talking about divorce and, and, and quitting church and all this. You know, you can't, you can't get advice from some people. Some people's going to drag you on further down. But get you somebody that's got a merry heart and sit beside of them real close. And you just nudge up to them and you say, when you praise, I'm going to praise. When you clap your hands, I'm going to clap your, my hands. You see, we may not understand that's what we need to do. But if you get beside of somebody doing it. I don't know about you, Brother Dub, but it embarrassed me to sit beside somebody that's a praiser and me sit there. I go to men's conference, Brother Eli, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll be feeling so wore out from the travels and all of that. You know, got your ups and downs. They say stand, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, and it's a workout. And then I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the preacher starts preaching, and the person beside of me starts standing up going, Woo! Yes! Yes! You think I'm going to sit there? He just covered me with about 10 milligrams of a merry heart. Uh, somebody say, quit preaching. <laughs> I'm glad you're here because you've got a merry heart. You're here because you love Jesus. You're here because you know that medicine is good in its place. Luke was a physician. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say bad about medicine or physicians. As long as they're good ones. But a merry heart does good like a medicine. That means I can sing my way through my valley. We used to sing an old song. I'm going to close with this. The singers can come. Musicians can come. It says, I'm going to walk right out of this valley. Lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't going to let Oh, Satan, get me down, down, down. Why should I sit here till I die? Heaven's waiting a little bit higher. I'm going to walk right out of this valley with my Lord. You see, sometimes we just need a merry heart. I don't know how your heart is, but I do know this. This altar is a place for rejuvenation. This altar is a place for your heart to become merry once again. Excited about church. I know there's some people excited about church. If you're excited about church, you come on to the front and you just go ahead and, and, and start leading the way.